Good to see you. We are in the last days of a series, if you are here for the first time, called Living Life Well, where we've spent a whole year looking at some practices that Christians have used throughout history and around the world to get to know Jesus better. Uh, we're convinced that actually part of what life uh, is all about is getting to know Jesus. Uh, that will therefore transform our society as well. And we have been looking uh, the last couple of weeks at the whole practice of Sabbath. It's an ancient Hebrew word simply meaning to stop, from which we get our word sabbatical. And that's what we're looking at for the last uh, kind of, this is the last session of Sabbath today. And it's difficult for us to imagine now, but until 1994, it was illegal for most shops to be open on a Sunday. Hands up if you remember that. Under the 1950s Shopping Act, there was a shopping act. There were serious restrictions uh, on what you could and could not buy on Sundays. Frankly, that law was weird, quirky. Did you know it was legal for takeaways to be open except fish and chip shops, which it was illegal to be open on Sundays? You could buy pornography on Sunday, but not a Bible. And you could sell leather jackets as long as they were for motorcyclists, not for fashion, apparently. And so, of course, by the mid-1990s, there was massive pressure to redo this piece of legislation. The public mood was changing. The government passed new laws. But at the time, if you're old enough to remember it, it faced huge opposition. This was a petition that was given to government featuring over a million signatures to, quote, keep Sunday special. And, of course, there was a huge variety of voices who campaigned on this for a mixture of reasons, but it wasn't a surprise that it was church figures. Here you've got the Archbishop of Canterbury and the Catholic Archbishop of Westminster, along with others. And a couple of years ago, they released the confidential government papers about that era, about what was going on behind the scenes. And there was huge controversy and huge division, even at government, about whether new legislation should be passed. And I couldn't help noticing this quote. This quote is from the Home Secretary, Douglas Hurd. Remember him, if you're old enough? Writing to the then Archbishop of York in which he said, it's certainly not for a home secretary to quote scripture to an archbishop, but the phrase about Sabbath being made for man and not man for the Sabbath has often been in my mind in recent weeks. And you may not realize that Douglas Heard there does raise a crucial question for anyone who would say they want to follow Jesus. He's touching on a discussion that has gone on for hundreds and thousands of years. You see, the Bible talks a lot about Sabbath. But of course, much of the rules about following God in Sabbath is in the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments and so on. And of course, yes, Christians did start meeting on Sundays because Jesus was risen from the dead on Sundays. But do Christians still do Sabbath? I grew up in a home in which Sundays were a bit different 
but they weren't as different as then they were when my mum was my age. On Sundays when I was growing up, we weren't allowed to watch television unless it was sport. Whereas for my mum, of course they didn't have TV in those days, but they weren't even allowed to drive to church. They had to walk and all of the food preparation was to be done the day before so that literally no work was done. And so when Douglas Hurd says, surely Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath, he touches on a big question for anyone who wants to follow Jesus. The question is this. Is this even a thing for us? If we want to follow Jesus, do we still need to follow a Sabbath? And of course, we know it's one of the Ten Commandments. Great. But isn't all that before Jesus? And didn't Jesus kind of flip that on its head a little bit? Is this even a thing? And this is where the Bible passages that we're looking at today are going to come in. Here they are. Here's the first one. These are in the New Testament, Paul writing to Christians. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regards to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality is, however, is found in Christ. Reading number one. Second passage from the book of Romans, in which Paul is also writing to a group of Christians in the city of Rome. One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. But whoever eats meat does so to the Lord, for they give thanks to God. Whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. He's writing to groups of Christians, many of whom who weren't Jewish background, didn't have a Jewish background. And so it's clear that in this New Testament church, some people were following Sabbath and others weren't. And Paul simply says, as that Colossians passage says, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or a Sabbath day. So on the surface, you could say this isn't a thing for Christians. And on, if I'm honest, on this point, I want to admit something to you. I haven't got a handle on the whole Sabbath thing at all. When I was planning this series, put it in knowing full well that, Tim, I'm not practicing a Sabbath. And part of my role is to schedule in the preachers and who is preaching. And because I knew I didn't have a handle on this, I did not put myself down to preach on Sabbath. Then somebody booked some time off, which therefore meant I had to step in and preach today on Sabbath. And I want to say that I find this really hard to know what on earth this looks like for me who wants to follow Jesus. But I want to say in God's amazing grace, as I've been preparing this, I think there is massive freedom. And if you are here this morning, and you know your world with all of your responsibility, the idea of putting a day aside a week for God is frankly bonkers. 
and you feel an overwhelming sense of guilt about it, I think the New Testament points this is good news, that you can be free. That I don't think this is binding for followers of Jesus. I think there is freedom. I think Paul makes that quite clear, that we should not let anyone judge us. But with that freedom, it might be that it's a good idea to try and practice those. But I don't think you have to spend a day, a whole day every week. And with that in mind, for the rest of this session, I'm simply going to give five reasons not to take a Sabbath. Is that all right? This is for all of us for whom we find it very, very difficult. It might be that I'm the only one, but I'm guessing it's not. So five reasons simply not to take a Sabbath. Here we go. Number one, because we, we need less rest than God. You may remember back at the very beginning of the Bible, before Adam and Eve had even screwed up and turned away from God. What do we read? By the seventh day, God had finished the work he'd been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he'd done. This is God. This is before the fall. This is before Adam and Eve screwed it all up. This is God resting. And so therefore, a good reason not to take Sabbath is because we need less rest than God. Hmm. Now, we get confused by this, don't we? I love this cartoon. Very irreverent. But I think we struggle with this. Can God be tired? And that's because in our society, we have linked rest with tiredness. Because our society says you rest when you are tired. And therefore, the idea that God got tired, well, frankly, that's a bit weird, isn't it? Isaiah chapter 40 makes that very clear. Do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. So God doesn't tire, but he rested. And that's frankly a message for us in our culture, that rest is not about tiredness. Because our society says if you just get tired, well, you need to up your game a bit, frankly. Or just pop a few pills, drink a couple of cans of Red Bull, have more coffee, whatever it is. Whereas the Bible doesn't link rest and tiredness. The actual original word rest, when God rested, is about settling down, coming to a stop. Like when Noah's Ark came to a stop, resting place. It's a determination to down tools no matter what. Enough is enough. It's trusting that I've done all that I can do and able to look at what I have done and say, isn't that good? Rest is before the fall. It is part of the created order. And frankly, a good reason not to practice Sabbath is if we think we need less rest than God. Tim... Maybe, just maybe, you need to factor rest in a bit more. One reason. 
Second reason we might not want to practice Sabbath is this. Because we've believed that the world depends on us. We're a bit like this person. It's all in control of me. I'm the one that has to be in control. Part of the original idea of Sabbath was trusting that enough was enough. Work done, letting God be God. Mark Twain famously said something which you could say about busyness. Everyone talks about the weather, but nobody does anything about it. Wherever we go, everyone talks about busyness, but we never do anything about it, do we? Many of us, if we're honest, can't stop because we get significance from what we achieve. Think about the messages that we get all the time from politics about the, quotes hard-working families. We define significance on by what you contribute and what you achieve. And therefore, the idea of letting God be God, well, it goes straight against us. We want to be in control. We need to be in control. We want to achieve. So that's the second reason. Maybe, just maybe, we can give up that control a little bit and realize that we are human and God is God. So that's the second thing. The third reason we might not want to practice Sabbath is this. Because we feel we don't feel we need to be different from society. And I want to suggest there's two aspects of this that I find immensely challenging. The first part of the original commandment in the Ten Commandments was fascinating. We read about, let me read it to you. This is Exodus chapter 20, where it talks about keeping the Sabbath day. Remember the Sabbath day, keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in the town. A key part of Sabbath was letting other people not work, not just yourself. And I think for followers of Jesus, we have an opportunity in our culture to model a different way that work is not where you will find salvation and fulfillment in life. We have an opportunity as an act of grace to not force other people to work as well. We live in a culture, don't we? that we so often define ourselves by what we accumulate. Bigger house, better car, nicer clothes, more stuff, better job. More, 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 more. And maybe, just maybe, Tim, by stopping once in a while, we have an opportunity to say, I'm not defined by all that because I'm in a relationship with the king above all kings, the one who's got it in his hands. Here at Riverside, we want to build thriving communities that people want to belong to. And frankly, we call to model a different way of life that people say, I want something about that. I love this quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Your life as Christians should make non-believers question their disbelief in God. 
I feel a longing for the kind of life that other people say. I don't frankly get why you don't do that, but I want it. Because that's living. And you ask anyone, the frantic rat raceness that is in so many people's minds that we can't dare stop because if we stop, we have to spend time with ourselves and wondering about life. And I can't stop because that's where I get my satisfaction or my sense of significance and achievement. We as church have an opportunity to model a different way. I went to someone's house a little while ago, some friends of ours. And I was deeply moved by going to their house where they had no TV. They just, it was very peaceful. And I came away thinking there was something godly there because of their lack of striving, their measuredness, their rest. Or what about these things? I looked the other day, I have an iPhone, whether or not you've got one. Most smartphones have the ability to work out how much you use it. I won't tell you how much I use it every day, but frankly, it shocked me. Maybe one of the acts we can do, and as we come to respond, we'll try and do this, is simply to say, this will not rule my life. I'm going to build in space from this, or whatever your this is, to be and to be with God. It's freeing. So that's the third aspect. And I was listening just on that. I was listening to something the other day that really challenged me, in which this person was saying that they thought the call for the 21st century church is we've spent the last 20 years trying to be really relevant for our culture, trying to help them see that Christians, quote, aren't weird. And therefore, in the process, what we've done is effectively given in and been discipled by the culture. And maybe the call for followers of Jesus is to be so different and to live such different lives that people from the outside go, wow, how on earth do you do that? Why on earth do you do that? And maybe for those of us in a city where we are so driven and so focused on what we can achieve and get, maybe part of the call is for us to be willing to stop, to say there's more important things. The third thing. Fourth reason not to take a Sabbath is we want to believe wrong things about taking a Sabbath. I love this verse from Psalm 62. Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. The heart of the good news of Jesus is that our rest, true rest, is found in him. Not in accumulation, not in busyness, not in being in control. This isn't through just a day a week, though. Notice what Paul said again. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. The good news of Jesus is that there is rest for our souls. The heart of taking a Sabbath is realizing that I'm not my own savior. God is. And therefore, in Christ, all that he's done that we've just remembered and reflected and celebrated together is good news. So therefore, I am not my own savior. Even if the world falls apart, I'm a beloved child of the living God. And so then I say for some of us, there may be one person here this morning 
for whom this idea of Christianity, you're exploring it, you're not sure, but you know there's something that just connects. And maybe this morning, the simple thing is to say, God, I want to find rest in you. So that's the fourth reason. We've got the idea that Sabbath is bad news. And here's the fifth thing. Fifth reason not to take a Sabbath is that we've forgotten that Jesus is good news. We've used this image in the booklets for a reason when it comes to Sabbath. Two girls joyfully playing on a swing. Freely, with liberty, just enjoying freedom. That is the heart of the Christian message. Do you notice that Jesus got into hot water about the Sabbath? In fact, six times in the New Testament, he got into hot water by what he'd done on the Sabbath. And interestingly, five of those six times were because he'd healed on a Sabbath. And friends, as I come to a close, I might want to suggest, I think that's deliberate that there's something about resting in God's presence that is immensely healing. The original intention of creation is rest in God. And so therefore, the Sabbath was made for people, not people for the Sabbath. And therefore, for those of us with our worlds, we can be free that this is not some rule that we've got to fit into, but at the same time recognizing there is gift here that maybe, just maybe, we can take a little step even today to begin to build in space to stop, to rest, to delight, to be with God.